For many of us, there's been tension in Iran as long as we can remember. But Dr. Merdad Fatahi says big changes are coming. We don't know exactly what it is, maybe, or when it is going to happen. But everything is pointing to the fact that something uh, needs to happen and will happen. Dr. Merdad is training workers for God's kingdom so that they'll be ready to take any opportunity for the gospel that unfolds. And if God really uh, opens up a little bit the country for them to be able to really serve the church in the best way. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Dr. Merdad Fatahi. He is a professor and one of the leaders of PARS Theological Seminary. We're going to talk a little bit about what PARS is and what they do. Dr. Fatahi, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about PARS. What is your ministry and what is the mission yes. that God has called you to? Yes, uh, PARS Theological Center is a school ma mainly that trains pastors, Bible teachers for the Iranian church, both inside Iran and outside. And the church in Iran is growing remarkably. In fact, Operation World says the fastest growing church in the world is in the Islamic Republic of Iran. I love saying that. Why is it growing? And can you give us a sense of really how fast it is growing? How how many people are coming to Christ in Iran? Yes. Um, first, why why it is growing? There are a number of reasons, uh, of course. Uh, one is the um, sort of disappointment and disillusionment uh, with their present situation and present beliefs and present religion. So uh, in the last 40 years, their experience uh, have brought this disappointment to them. They are thirsty to know the truth, to know the true God. Uh, so as a result of this situation, overwhelming problems that they are facing on a day-to-day -day basis, they are uh, looking to Christ. They are coming to Christ to, to know God. So that is one, one main reason. But there are other things like we hear all the time about how God is revealing uh, himself through visions and dreams. You can hardly find an Iranian Christian who has not seen Jesus in some, <laughs> some way, in some vision and dream. So uh, God himself is directly involved through these mm -hmm. dreams and visions and, and also miracles. We, we hear so many miracles of, of healing, of deliverance. So uh, it's God himself who is the, one of the main cause behind this, this, this revival. Another, another factor that I can mention is evangelism through satellite TV. Satellite TV has had a big impact on Iran mm -hmm. because of the pressure and restrictions and persecution. Satellite TV is, uh, is very suitable for that, that, that kind of situation. So many Iranians are watching 
TV channels, Christian TV channels, and hearing the message of the gospel in their in their own home, that is also one of one of the reasons. So uh, this this has uh, started this movement of God's grace and God's spirit in the last few decades. And uh, as to the magnitude of 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 the movement, I mean, there is no exact uh, statistics about it. But there have been some, more recently, some surveys, some surveys that have been done. They have asked, for example, how many people are, are watching some TV programs. And then if they say yes, they have asked a second question and done some kind of survey. It, it seems to show that something about, uh, somewhere about well, 16 million are watching Christian TVs. Wow. What's the total population? It's about 80 million. Okay, so almost so 25%. It's, it's a, yeah, of... it's a big, big number. Wow. Based on the, on the answers that they have received, they estimated that the number of converts is somewhere between 3 to 4 million, which is closer to the more optimistic uh, estimates that we had, you know, we usually we usually think that there is somewhere between maybe half a million to three, four million Christians. But this survey fell closer to the more optimistic, wow. which I was surprised by yeah. it, really. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Merdad Fatihi from Pars Theological Center. Dr. Merdad mentioned satellite television. We have had uh, Dr. Hormoz Shariat on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, one of those who is speaking into Iran each day. And uh, for our listeners, you can go to vomradio.net and uh, just search for Iran, and you can find that interview with Dr. Hormoz. Merdad, so I hear people are having dreams and visions. People are seeing miracles, and they're saying, I want to follow Jesus, but they've been a Muslim all their life. They don't have a Bible. They don't have a church. So how do you take that person and help them become a disciple, a, a true follower of Jesus Christ? There is house church movement in Iran. I mean, present uh, church in Iran is underground house churches, mm -hmm. though because of the pressure and because of the restrictions, the the size of the house churches is shrinking. When we say house church, it's better to call it house fellowships, five, six, for people, usually close friends or, 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 or families, they get together and they worship and they share about their faith. So this is the shape of the church at the moment. And there are uh, thousands of these uh, small house fellowships all over the country. We, we know uh, of many of these house churches in many different cities throughout the country, not limited to a certain geographic area, uh, and it's not uh, specific to a certain class or certain race or ethnic group. It is widespread all over the country. So the church in, in this shape and form is the context for the Christian's mm -hmm. uh, growth. If I am just a brand new believer, how hard would it be for me to find a house fellowship yes. to join. Yes, it, it would be very hard. Because would, I would be nervous to just start knocking on doors and say, hey, I'm a Christian of now. Of course, of course, yes. What, so, so how does a new believer find one of those groups and get plugged into it? 
it's not it's not easy. I mean, there are networks of house groups or house fellowships because these people start talking to their families and friends. So when new groups start, then some of these connections mm-hmm. start happening. Some of them is random. You know, some of them through satellite mm-hmm. uh, programs, uh, you know, they connect, they call, and then their names are being followed up. So um, there are dif- different ways, different ways. God brings people together, yeah. you know. It is hard. And we know, we know that uh, there are thousands of believers and house groups that maybe are not aware even of other people, other Christians, you know. So that is the situation mm-hmm. at the moment. So we at, uh, at Pars, uh, Pars Theological Center, we work with networks of house churches. So we don't take, you know, people uh, directly, though we are known. Uh, people go to, your, to, our, to our website or uh, f- find us on the, you know, uh, watch our programs on TV, but uh, we usually um, uh, are connected with the networks, and they recommend to us some of the leaders who are working with them, and we then take them and provide education for them, provide theological education for them. And what does that look like? Because I'm, I'm guessing these people don't go to the Iranian government and say, hey, I need a travel documents because I'm going to go study theology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so how yeah. do you accomplish that yes. in a yes. very closed, very hostile environment? Yes, it is. It is a kind of mixture of different methods. What we call a hybrid model of uh, theological education. So, we have an online element. We have uh, video-based lectures. So, uh, a large number of our uh, content is in in the form of video lectures, and we add assignments, case mm-hmm. studies, and other things to these video lectures. We translate the textbooks, and then we make available these video lectures online or on SD cards, or even many of them are being broadcast through satellite TV. So wow, that is one, great. yeah, that is one part of this hybrid sort of model. But then we have our conferences, our intensive conferences that we take students to for like a week of fellowship and prayer and seminars, what we call formation conferences. We have mentoring program that we put our students in touch with a mentor that is in uh, in connection with them on a three-weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Again, use of technology. I mean, right. technology has uh, made a big contribution here. By combining these different different methods, we provide the students inside Iran and also in other places outside Iran. We have students in, in different places. Uh, in Turkey, we have uh, a large number of students because there is large presence of Iranians there and also in um, in about 15, 15 countries all over the world. But we do have people inside Iran mm-hmm. also who are studying with us through these different ways of doing things. They are in touch with their tutors, and they are so eager and so diligent in their studies because they they really uh, need this 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 education so they find it and when they find it they re- really want to benefit from mm-hmm. it you know so that's that's how we do it have you had any challenges from the iranian government in terms of 
blocking your website or blocking emails or anything like that. Maybe you can't talk about that publicly, but are there challenges for yes, the students course. inside? Yes, we we have our uh, our website parstheology.com uh, is filtered is uh, <laughs> all the time. But Iranians are good in technology. Irani- yeah. Iranians are very good in, you know, these things. They find a way. They find a way to go to it. So we 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 go around the obstacles. But yes, there certainly has been many challenges, unfortunately, um, because we know that the church is a blessing to the country. Christians are law-abiding, good citizens. We really want to uh, serve Iran. We really want to um, make for its uh, growth and its uh, prosperity. But unfortunately, um, we are being uh, regarded as enemies, you know. So, yes, we have had problems. I mean, we didn't have so much problem because of our education that we are offering. But our students who are involved in house churches or house fellowships, they have been arrested, taken for interrogation. Sometimes some of them even have been put into jail for some time. So we are constantly dealing with this situation. It's not specifically to do with us. Other groups also who are uh, somehow serving in Iran are experiencing the same thing. But yes, we, we have many, many different challenges and we are praying for God to give us new ways new creative ways that we can really have this communication with these dear brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who are serving the church in, inside the country. In, in the sense of persecution and in the sense of arrests and detentions and interrogations, is the Iranian government focused on leaders, on you know leaders of these small groups, leaders of these networks? Is that their, the, the most significant part of their effort is to get a hold of the leaders? Yes, that's right. They mostly target leaders and uh, try to um, uh, force them to either leave the country or stop them from their ministry or put them into jail. They, they do everything that uh, they think would prevent them from, from, from ministry. But they also threaten, if they find, for example, a house group, they would take everybody threaten, interrogate, try to put fear in their hearts, prevent them from going to these house fellowships. So uh, they do it to everybody, but mostly they concentrate on the leaders and try to prevent them from, uh, you know, pastoring and teaching the Bible. So as you are training and equipping leaders, you are making them more of a target for the Iranian government. How do you address that in the training program? That, hey, a part of our theology is the cross. It is suffering. It is even death. How, how do you prepare them spiritually and give them that really true biblical understanding? Yes. We have a major emphasis on formation in our program. That's why, for example, we call our conferences formation conferences. All that is happening in our conferences are geared and are focused on formation. So the, the, the seminars that we give in our conferences is different from you know, the, the, the other courses that they do online, which is more kind of theological, maybe a more ministerial thing. But in the conferences, we try to build them up spiritually. And then we have the mentoring scheme 
uh, which uh, the mentoring is different from the academic side. The mentoring is focused on the spiritual side of the growth mm -hmm. of the students. We have tutors and mentors. Tutors deal with their uh, studies. Mentors deal with their spiritual growth. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Merdad Fatahi. He is uh, the leader of PARS Theological Center, training church leaders for the church in Iran and among Iranians around the world. Uh, Dr. Murdad, you hear some pretty amazing stories mm -hmm. of what God is doing inside Iran, and sometimes even in the midst of suffering uh, and, and per this persecution that's ongoing, sometimes God just steps in. Can you share some of those stories mm -hmm. of how God is moving among the Iranian church? Yes. Uh, one story that I uh, heard recently is about one of uh, the leaders, one of the pastors who uh, was being taken for interrogation several times and was being troubled, really, uh, and eventually was forced to leave the country. Uh, after this man of God started praying for his interrogator, one night God shows him a dream. Uh, in, in his dream, uh, he shows him an elderly lady who, who was very sick and asks this pastor to pray for this uh, sick elderly lady and says that this is the mother of your interrogator, so pray for her, wow. who was very sick. So uh, this pastor starts praying for her for some time. And then in the last time that he sees this interrogator who was treating him very badly, the last minute, uh, you know, he uh, just something inside him says, tell him, tell him. And it was, you know, if it was wrong, it would be really uh, very uh, embarrassing if uh, it wasn't. So he had to trust the voice inside him. So at the last minute, he says to him, how is your mom? How is your mother doing? And, and the man says, I mean, what business have you uh, with, with my mom? Why are you asking about my mother? And he says, uh, oh, God has shown uh, your mom to me last night, a few nights ago, that he, she is very sick and asked me to pray for her, and I have been praying for her. And this man is shocked and says that, yes, my mom is really very sick, and please continue to pray for her. And, and as, as a result of this, this man becomes so attracted to this pastor who just let him alone, left him alone, and, uh, and didn't bother him for some time. I'm not going to interrogate the guy who's praying for my mom. I'm just, I don't want to bother him. So, yeah, so these, these kind of stories, uh, these things happen that God really interferes in, 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 in these uh, times of crisis and times of trouble, yes. How do you train and mentor your students to deal with fear? Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I, it would be very natural to be afraid when you think about being arrested and interrogated and thrown in prison. How do you help them to kind of work through that? Uh, I mean, I can't say that we, we, we do a lot on that. I mean, we pray with them. Uh, we encourage them to be honest, to be open about their fears. I think we try to be real ourselves, you know, we speak to them about our fears and our struggles, our anxieties, uh, the way we are experiencing them maybe in the West, but we have our own fears and anxieties. So by opening ourselves to them, sharing about our own fears, they are encouraged to speak about it. And then we pray together and we uh, read from the Bible, you know, and, and we try to be human and we try to be real. And I think that's the best way to help people to 
overcome their fears and trust in the Lord. Dr. Murdad, one of our goals on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is to equip people to pray. Um, so I'm going to ask two questions about how we can pray. First, for the students who are in the midst of this training program, how can we specifically pray for them as they go through this training? Yes. The situation in Iran is becoming very tough, and both economically, politically, and uh, we hear constantly that uh, people have to work two, three jobs, you know, be able to survive even. And that, that is becoming a big problem for our students who want to study as well. Mm-hmm. Many of our students are struggling with continuing their studies and uh, doing the assignments and all of that. So the, the situation is becoming very tough. So we need prayer for these students to continue, you know, to be patient and, and, and for us to be wise and to find ways that we can help the students continue receiving from us without putting, putting too much pressure on them, you know, at this time. So that is, that is I think, uh, very important. And we feel that we are at a time that really our country is at the verge of some change. Some change must happen, you know. Uh, we don't know exactly what it is, maybe, or when it is going to happen. But everything is pointing to the fact that something uh, needs to happen and will happen uh, soon, sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, so we really need prayer so that we are ready, so that we, our students are ready for whatever change happens. And if God really opens up a little bit the country for them to be able to really serve the church in the best way, because we know that there are thousands there who uh, need being discipled, need to learn the Bible. And, and I pray all the time these days that God give us enough time, uh, give us the resources that we are ready, so that we will be ready when the time comes. That is the prayer mm-hmm. that we really need for our students. Now let's talk about the country as a whole. You, you mentioned there's a lot of chaos right now. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of need. How can we pray for the nation of Iran during this time of change? Yes, I think we should pray that um, God would really give wisdom to those who have some kind of leadership in the country. I know that there must be people who really uh, think about the, uh, you know, the good of the country. They want to do to serve the country. Let them. We need prayers, good leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, for this time of crisis that. Things will change, but who is going to come to really help the country to grow and to come out of this crisis? So prayer for the future leaders of Iran, I think, is so important. And uh, also, I think, prayer that people would not suffer too much because uh, the majority of Iranians, they don't have any sort of uh, role in some of the problems that you know we hear about all the time. By this sort of pressure now, many are suffering. We know, we know that uh, it's, it's really difficult, becoming very tough. So the suffering would be minimum. The suffering would shorten. Uh, and the change would start. I mean, somewhere, somehow, to change to the positive. I think everything is ripe for that. Mm-hmm. Everything is ready for that. But how it will happen, that needs prayer. 
We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Merdad Fatahi. He is part of PARS Theological Center, training Christian leaders for the nation of Iran and for uh, Iranian people around the world. Dr. Merdad, thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much for uh, having me in your program. And you mentioned the website parstheology.com, is yes, that correct? Pars, yes, parstheology.com. So you can go to parstheology.com, or if you will come and visit us at vomradio.net, we'll give you a link right there. As always, if you missed any part of our conversation today, you can hear the complete program at vomradio.net. We'll also give you links there to our various podcast streams. And you can drop me a note. Let me know that you're listening. So I encourage you, come and visit us at vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to hear from a believer from Northeast Africa. I know you'll be encouraged as you hear his story. So seven days from now, let's reconnect right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.